It's as close to time travel as we're going to get. This Week in Music History with Marty Miller. Hello and welcome to another week of music history, this time looking at the week of July 17th until July 21st. How's your summer going? Flying? So this was the week that we lost Don Arden, the ruthless Al Capone of the music world. My father had a rule that he would never really put his name on paper. Ringo was under the sea in 1969. In an octopus's garden. And in 1990, after the fall of the wall, who decided to go to Berlin and put up another one? They picked the historic site of Potsdamer Platz, the scrubby area of no man's land between East and West Berlin. All of that to come and a whole lot more over the next 10 minutes or so. In 1959, that's where we'll start when we said goodbye to Billie Holiday. She died in New York City. What a very, very sad life she had of alcohol abuse. Aged 43 and 70 cent in the bank when she died. Here's how that voice sounded though back in the day. In 1968 this week, the animated movie Yellow Submarine premiered at the London Pavilion. The Beatles made a cameo appearance in the film, but didn't supply their own voices for their characters. The Yellow Submarine. The forces of good. The Beatles. The forces of evil. The Apple Bonkers. The Terrible Flying Glove. Arch villain, the blue meanie. If you happen to be at the Wonder Bar in Asbury Park, New Jersey, you, in 2011, may have seen Bruce Springsteen make a surprise appearance in tribute to Clarence Clemens in front of a crowd of 400 people, where he did a 45 minute set. Do you like good music? It was during the Abbey Road sessions in 1969 that Ringo Starr did his vocal for Octopus's Garden. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. Do you know where that was written? On Peter Sellers' yacht out in the Med when Ringo had quit the band for a couple of weeks the previous year in 1968. This week in music history. A week in less than 10 minutes. In 1988, Nico of Velvet Underground fame died. A heart attack while riding a bike on holiday in Ibiza. everybody knows the thing she does to please. She's just a little tease. Richard Branson has a birthday this week, founder of Virgin Records, the Virgin Empire and a rather nice island, of course, in the Virgin Islands. I was seen as the dumbest person at school. Nobody had ever heard of dyslexia. I just looked at the blackboard. It was just a jumble. I had no idea what was going on. And therefore, you know, the idea that I could be successful didn't dawn on me. The very early days were very wild. It was a time when everybody sold bootlegs and we would have little record shops and we'd put them on the wall. Um, and then one of the heads of the record companies came along to me and said, better to be legitimate, you'll, you'll make even more money. So we went legitimate. So I formed a, a little record company on my own, 
Uh, it sold millions and millions of albums, and uh, and from there we built the biggest independent record company in the world. And. I had a lot of fun. This week in 1967, Elvis Presley was working on his latest movie, co-starring Nancy Sinatra, Speedway. Elvis and Nancy are a sensation. Together, they're a winning combination on the Speedway. Presley and Sinatra have the track to themselves in the racing, rocking, throbs and thrills of Speedway. Come on and sing! Brian May's got a birthday this week. He, of course, of Queen fame. What is Brian May's guitar made of? My guitar is made of bits and pieces, which some people would call junk. It's a piece of an old fireplace, which is the neck. Uh, it's a piece of oak, which came from a very old oak table that was in my dad's spare room. And the tremolo is made out of a piece of mild steel that I file, but also the, the tremolo is balanced with motorbike valve springs from a 500cc Norton, I think. It's just, it was made out of bits because I couldn't afford a guitar. It's still what it was, and it still works, and it still exists. Jumping forward to 1991, and Steve Adler, the ex-drummer of Guns N' Roses, was filing a suit in Los Angeles, alleging that he was fraudulently removed from Guns N' Roses and that the band introduced him to hard drugs. Steve Adler had a hard time dealing with fame, though. We wanted success. Yeah, sure. And it's a shame, of course, that when you get the success, you don't realize you have the success and you take advantage of it. But I want to leave the past behind. That's the past, it's over, I lived it, I experienced it. I need to get rid of the past to move on to the future. This Week in Music History, the podcast. It was this week back in 1975 that Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band played the opening night of their Born to Run tour in Rhode Island. This was the show that brought Stevie Van Zandt as a full-time member of E Street Band. In 2017, the Lincoln Park lead singer Chester Bennington died at age 41. Very sad situation. His wife, Talinda, thinking back. Sometimes some signs were there more than others. Some signs they weren't there at all. Um, as the case right before he passed, we were on a family vacation. He just had to go back home to do a television commercial. And we were, I was going to see him the next day. It was just the timing of it. This was not a time where we, any of our families suspect mm. this to happen, which is terrifying. Interestingly, Chester Bennington died the same day as his pal Chris Cornell's birthday. Nothing compared, nothing compared to you. In 1987 this week, Guns N' Roses gave us a game changer, the Appetite for Destruction album. It went on to become the best-selling debut album of all time in the United States. And again, remember that original artwork? They would also become a controversial band due to some of their lyrical content and their album artwork. I kind of submitted it as a joke because it was so outrageous. And I was like, you mean you, you want to use this? I was like, this is great. So we, then we just went for to it. To 1990 and Roger Waters is building a wall right after one came down in Berlin. The Berlin Wall had fallen and 350,000 people attended Roger doing the Wall live show. It was broadcast live around the world. Waters flew out to Berlin a couple of days after the Wall came down to look for a concert location. 
they picked the historic site of Potsdamer Platz, a scrubby area of no man's land between East and West Berlin. Once known as the busiest place in Europe, and since 1961 as the Death Strip, it was the heavily mined and guarded area that distanced East from West. Promoters claim the Wall 1990 set will be the largest ever built. Construction has taken over a month. It will feature a specially erected 600-foot-high wall. Monster puppets the size of six-story buildings will loom over the audience, and helicopters with searchlights will sweep over the crowd. Finally, 2007, Don Arden, who was Sharon Osbourne's dad, died in his nursing home at the age of 81, dubbed the Al Capone of music for his rather strange and uncompromising business practices. He was behind Black Sabbath, the small faces, and he was responsible for pushing ELO to stardom. Arden is often painted as a ruthless villain, but he's more complicated than that. He built an empire, then bequeathed it to his daughter. And it was this complex mix of family and business that would be his undoing. My father had a rule that he would never really put his name on paper. In the early days, it was my mother that was the head of all his companies. This Week in Music History with Marty Miller. And that is a look at This Week in Music History, the week from July 17th until July 21st. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. You've just been time travelling. My name is Marty Miller. We'll do it again next week. Zipping through a week in a matter of minutes. This Week in Music History, the podcast.